Hey strategists, I don't know who needs to hear this today, but this one's going to be a little bit different to my, my normal episodes. Uh, and the reason being, today, the day that this podcast is being released, is my 50th birthday. Uh, and to celebrate this, I want to actually talk about one of my processes involved in the power of stepping outside of your business. Uh, now, most of the time when you hear someone talking about stepping outside their business, it's going to be for the, for the reasons around mental health, it's going to be for the reasons around physical health, uh, stress relief, all of that sort of stuff. And I'm uh, I'm absolutely 100% on board with all of those things. But I want to talk about the power of stepping outside of your business to actually build your business. This is The Simplogy Show with Bruce White, the podcast for business leaders and strategists to get the best practical advice on a deeper but more efficient approach to brand and business strategy right across a business's life cycle, because you can always add more value. Let's get into it. So everybody knows the power of, of, of switching off, the power of getting outside of the business for your, for your mental health and, and for, your, uh, for your physical health, etc. Especially for those of us who are um, very, very invested entrepreneurs. For us, business is typically everything, right? There's never a time when we're not thinking about our business. And that's just an entre- entrepreneurial trait, right? There's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's actually a very good thing. It's uh, it's part of what's going to continue to propel you forward during those times when things don't feel like they're going right. Uh, but today, I actually want to talk to you about uh, getting your head out of the business as a business building tool. So this actually comes back down to uh, a, a, a fairly uh, difficult to explain concept based in uh, the, the, the difference between the head and the heart for decision making, or another way to put it is the ego and the intuition for decision making. Now, I'm not going to go into deep, deep detail about that here today, uh, mainly because I'm no expert in that. I am just learning to try and tap into that. And as I said, I'm already 50 years old, so this is not something that um, I think happens overnight, uh, and it's certainly not something that there's any timeline on. If you're if you're 85 years old and haven't worked this out, I think that's not a problem. And if you're 15 years old and working this out now, I think that's incredible. So basically, the head and the heart, or the ego in the in the intuition, is the difference between uh, using everything that we know and letting our brain make our decisions for us. Uh, versus allowing the subconscious to take over, versus some people talk, talk about this as the universe stepping in. They'll talk about it from a spirituality perspective. I personally believe it's the it's it's our subconscious, it's our intuition, uh, it's it's that part of us that will only ever do what's right for us, versus the head that's always going to be jumping back and forth between what if, and if I did this, and what about that person who's much more successful, and I've seen this work, so I'm going to do that. It's a, it's, there is actually a very direct line between the intuition and finding your true purpose. Uh, if, if you don't allow the heart or the intuition to do its work, to, to offer up to you what is right for you, what is best for you, uh, if you just follow the head, you'll be following outside influences. Uh, and the head will most of the time, I would say uh, possibly even all of the time, lead you down the wrong path. Uh, if you don't allow the intuition to be part of it. Now, I know that's a really, really big, uh, heavy concept to try and wrap your head around, and that's totally okay. You could spend decades trying to become an expert on this, 
uh, and never actually fully harness it because guess what you're using when you're doing all that study is your head. <laughs> and you've got to get that out of the way in order to uh, allow the intuition, get the ego out of the way to allow the intuition or to allow the heart to actually deliver you the answers that are already there for you. That will help you to take the next steps. That will help you, that will deliver up to, to you the right next steps for you. So that all sounds very fancy and flowery and stuff like that, but how the hell do you do that? Well, realistically, this is actually not a difficult process uh, to do on the surface. It's just a really difficult process to do on the regular, and it's a really difficult process to commit to and accept without actually sort of feeling it happen because we're all born skeptical when we start hearing about this stuff. So let me give you a couple of examples of, of things that I do uh, and, and have done for years that I initially was doing and not realizing why it was working so well. Then once I realized why it was working so well, I tried to harness this uh, by doing things that would allow it to happen. So uh, what I used to do without realizing why it worked was uh, when we lived out east, when we operated our business out in the eastern side of North America, my wife and I would often go for drives. We lived in a, in a, in a small city that was surrounded by rural areas, and so we could get in the car and we could go for really nice long drives. We never really put two and two together on why it was working, but we would have our most incredible business decision-making discussions in the car on those drives. And the reason was, you've got something else occupying your headspace uh, for the driver. Uh, and, and I often found that because I was driving, I was the one initiating the, the thinking, but I wasn't initiating it from my head. My head was focused on driving. My head was focused on keeping us alive, uh, doing all of the responsible things that you have to do when you're behind the wheel, which allowed my subconscious to go ahead and do its thing. And so we, we might be driving along for 15, 20 minutes in silence, and then this idea will float out of the ether and I'll say, what do you think of this? And that starts the conversation. And I think that's probably the best example I can give you to say, uh, this is why it happens is because when you're doing that driving, something else is occupying your headspace. And that's really important to understand as part of the process because in order to get your head, your ego out of the way and allow your heart or your intuition or your subconscious or whatever you want to think of it as to actually do the work and deliver that to you, you can't just say, I'm going to switch my head off. That just doesn't work. You have to give it something else to do. And so this is part of the power behind meditation. When you hear of people meditating uh, and, and, and coming up with these, these spiritual enlightenments, etc., realistically what that is, is giving the head something to do, focusing on the chant, focusing on the, the meditation, so that the real heavy lifting can actually be done by the intuition or the heart, etc. So that's what I used to do, was I, I used to go driving. Um, since we've moved out west, and we've been here for uh, just under five years, it's actually we're just a couple months short of five years, and uh, since we've moved out here, we actually live in what I consider to be my absolute perfect environment. We live in North Vancouver, uh, right at the base of the mountains. Uh, if any of you know me, you know that uh, the mountains are my happy place. I am never more serene than I than when I am surrounded by forest. Uh, on uh, uh, at high elevation on a mountain somewhere it's it's my whether I'm snowboarding whether I'm mountain biking whether I'm hiking whatever uh, that's my happy place um, for my wife it's the water uh, 
And so a mountain lake, for example, is pretty much perfect for the two of us. And these are the sort of environments that we do seek out. So when we moved out here, uh, one of the things I did to integrate into the community and to find new friends and, and, and just sort of plant roots here uh, was I joined a local Muay Thai gym. Uh, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I, I made some of the best friends I've got in that gym. But that didn't do for me what driving did. Uh, and I think this is a really important uh, comparison here so that you, you realize there are, there are actual ways that you need to think about trying to achieve this, what is essentially a distraction activity. So you obviously can't sit there and daydream whilst you're sparring because you're gonna get a punch in the face, right? It's not gonna be a whole lot of fun. Now, I love Muay Thai, don't get me wrong, and I used to do it uh, between five and seven times a week before the pandemic, and I will absolutely go back to it after the pandemic, but it is not going to be what I use for this process. What I've discovered works the best for me for this process is actually now riding my mountain bike. Now, when I first started mountain biking here, for any of you who know North Vancouver, this is kind of the birthplace of freeride. This has some of the most incredible trails and trail associations in the world. So I'm very, very spoiled to live at the base of one of the, the three big uh, mountain biking mountains here in, in, uh, in British Columbia. So when I first started this, I, I didn't have the, the, uh, the bicycle fitness to be able to do long climbs. And so what we would do was we, we would always shuttle and a shuttle just basically means there'll be at least two of you with a bike rack or at least two of you with a car. One's going to hang all the bikes on the bike rack and drive up the mountain. You'll then ride down the trails until you get to the other car and then drive the first guy back up to get his car. That's just basically shuttling 101, right? Shortly into the pandemic though, I realized that my fitness was dropping dramatically uh, and I do have a couple health issues that require me to remain fit, uh, one of which is type 2 diabetes. Uh, and so that's that's a manageable uh, issue. It's not even really a, a big deal if you manage it with diet and exercise. But of course, once they closed the Muay Thai gym at the start of the pandemic, no more exercise. And so I started focusing on climbing. Uh, now, when I first started riding here, we pretty rapidly get into black trails. There's not a whole lot of, of easy trails on the North Shore here. So I didn't really want to be doing those trails on my own. Uh, so I would always go up with a buddy. Now, when you're climbing with a buddy, you're chatting. You're thinking about uh, what's the ride, what trail do we want to do, etc., etc. It wasn't until I started doing the climbs on my own that I really discovered how to translate that that uh, intuition process and allow my my subconscious or my intuition to just do the work, right? And it's because unlike something like Muay Thai. You don't have to focus on what you're doing when you're climbing. It's just pedaling, right? It's finding the right cadence. It's being in the right gear. It's adjusting to the changes in incline. It's turning corners. But all of that sort of stuff is muscle memory for the most part. And so your brain has something to do. Your brain is saying, all right, well, I can see that not only do I have a left turn coming up, but the incline increases fairly dramatically. There's a couple of rocks to the left-hand side and there's a route to the right-hand side. That's your brain having to worry about all of that stuff. Because you've given it something to do, because you've, you've made it get out of the way of the actual intuitive process, 
now the intuitive process has a, a, a has the ability to do its work and deliver those things to you. That's important because it's always doing its work. It's just that when we're not allowing it to deliver its its solutions to us, we don't get anywhere. Now to to put this in perspective, we've actually had a lot of changes in our business in the last six months. Uh, without going into deep deep detail. Uh, we have been in business since 2008. We have been specializing in brand strategy since 2012. And then in 2020, we launched an educational platform to teach aspiring strategists all of our processes. We do all of our strategy in sprint format, uh, and we teach our sprints to aspiring strategists. That was in, in, in 2020. We actually began building in 2019. We actually launched in 2020. And what we've discovered since we launched is that approximately 30 to 40% of each side of the business. So the professional services side where we offer strategy to businesses and the educational platform where we teach strategy to aspiring strategists, at least 30 to 40% of the inquiries we would get through each platform was actually for the other platform. So we would have a, aspiring strategists who would contact us and ask if we could run strategy for them or for one of their clients. And then on the other side in the professional services firm, we would have people contacting us there saying, can you teach me how to do this? So what we've done just recently is we've merged the two platforms into one new brand, uh, which is called Simplogy, as you will know, because this podcast is the Simplogy show, right? So Simplogy now serves both of those audiences, and obviously we serve them in different ways. Uh, the, the Brand Sprint Academy uh, brand, which is where we teach our processes to aspiring strategists, still exists. It's just that Simplogy is kind of the umbrella brand. So that was one big change that we made. When we made that change, we obviously wanted to go back and we wanted to have a bit of a think about how are we offering these services. And up until this point, it's always purely been, you will bring us in for a finite amount of time, we will develop your strategy with you, and then we'll move on. And you'll call us back when you need us again for the next bit of strategy. And so we do strategy right across a business's life cycle. Uh, for any of you who don't know, you can go to simplogy.com, you can have a look at that. But when I say strategy right across a business's life cycle, we essentially hit five different aspects of strategy. So brand, uh, product, audience, messaging, and naming. And so there's there's always a time in a business's life cycle when they will need one or more of these pieces of strategy. And so we build that relationship. As a part of relaunching, if you like, or of launching this new umbrella brand, we went back and we revisited the way we offer strategy to our professional services clients. And we've added in two new programs. We've added in the fractional strategist program, which is essentially a way for uh, leaders and entrepreneurs to bring in a, a strategy director without a full-time strategy director's uh, wage and without all of the, uh, the benefits and all of the stuff that would be required to bring in a full-time strategist. Uh, and then as a part of developing that, we also launched a strategic mentor program, which is a way for the much smaller businesses, the one to five person, either the, the, the very, very early stage businesses, the very small businesses or the startups to bring in a strategist without being able to step up to that, that uh, fractional strategist model, which is a, a bigger investment in both uh, financial and time, right? Where do you think that the, the understanding and the idea for those new programs came from. It came during a 20-minute climb on the way up a trail called Old Buck Trail, which is not far from me here on Mount Seymour. 
So I discovered that obviously when I'm coming down the mountain, when I'm riding these trails here, that's not the time to be daydreaming. But I discovered that when I'm doing the climbs, when I've got something else occupying my mind and the intuition can take over, all sorts of new ideas are allowed to come into my mind. And this last probably three months has actually been the, uh, the most positive change that we've had in our business since we decided to launch the Brand Sprint Academy in 2019. And this is, I don't see this slowing down. Every time I go out for a ride now, and, I, and I've reached, reached a point where I pretty much refuse to shuttle unless I'm going right up to the ski resort at the top of the mountain and coming down from there, uh, I pretty much re refuse to shuttle on the mountain bike. I will ride up uh, and I won't ride up with friends. And I've found that that allows my brain to do the intuitive process that I need it to do to deliver me all of the insights for my next steps. Now, obviously, there's a few things you need to keep in mind. You want a way to remember what your brain is telling you or what your intuition is telling you once you move your brain out the way. Uh, I typically will take some notes. I like to arrive at the trailhead five or 10 minutes before my buddy, uh, and I'll take some notes in my phone and I'll save that for when I get back. Um, you can do the same thing with driving, right? If you go to go and go for a drive, don't let your brain take over. Your brain's busy. Your brain's got other stuff to do when you're behind the wheel of a car. Please take this seriously. Not enough people do anymore. Uh, if you're driving, you have a responsibility to yourself and everyone else on the road to keep them and you alive. But your intuition now has an opportunity to do stuff. If you get delivered an idea you, you, that you think you want to act on, pull over, make a note, write it down. So that's probably the most important thing is you're going to need a way to remember this stuff. I often get delivered this intuitive process in the middle of the night. Uh, and I must admit, I'm not good enough at writing down uh, what I get. And I am still desperately, frantically trying to remember the idea I had three nights ago because I know it was a good one and I can't get it back. So don't do that to yourself. Have a spot where you can make notes of this. Have a spot where you can put this down uh, and find what works for you. And again, if it's something repetitive, if it's something that you can, that your brain is going to have to spend some time doing, pedaling up a trail, uh, driving a car, but it's something that you can then let it be the mundane in the background whilst your intuition has time to, to work. So not something, for example, like a martial art where you're going to get punched in the face a lot if you're not concentrating. <laughs> Find what works for you and really just get out of your business. I went for a ride yesterday. Um, now, I'm recording this on Tuesday the 17th. Uh, this will go live on Wednesday the 18th. So I went for a ride yesterday on Monday. Uh, it was the first day we first day of rain we've had after a, a pretty epic heat wave here in North Vancouver. Uh, the trails were beautiful and sticky. They were muddy. Uh, it was a little slippery on the woodwork, but it was realistically a whole lot of fun. I would not wanted would not have wanted to have my my brain anywhere else while whilst going down that trail. But riding up gave me a whole bunch of new ideas that I'm now going to be implementing in the in the podcast, uh, in our blog, in our YouTube channel, one of which was actually this episode because I believe it can really help you make decisions moving forward. So that's going to be it for me for today. I, I really hope that helps. This is not a concept that you can just grasp and run with. So I've really tried to simplify it as much as possible. 
And as with everything, I really like to give examples because I think that's the best way to explain it. Uh, and the examples that have worked best for me are riding my bike up a trail or driving a car. Try either. Um, I find that on the bike, if I've got no one to talk to, it helps. I find that in the car, if I've got someone to talk to, it helps. You'll need to find what works for you. Uh, and please, if you want to discuss this, if you want to learn more about this, if you just want to bounce an idea off someone, please get in touch. I would love to help. I would love to chat about it. So that's it for me. I hope you have a wonderful week. I'll see you back here on the podcast this time next week. Otherwise, check out the blog. Uh, check out the YouTube channel. Join the community. If you go to our blog at blog.simplogy.com, you can join the community. It's free and it is a localized single spot where you can find every episode of our, our podcast, every uh, article in our blog, all of our YouTube videos. You can ask questions. There's a forum there. I'd love to see you in there. So that's it for me. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. This is The Simplogy Show with Bruce White, the podcast for business leaders and strategists to get the best practical advice on a deeper but more efficient approach to brand and business strategy right across a business's life cycle, because you can always add more value.